Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCubergulus. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. Ugh. I got a bit of a stuffed nose, so I'm going to blame it on that somehow. Hmm. This show is one in which I discuss my health issues. No, that is silly. There are There is a show with Busy Phillips and was it steve agee who where they did do that anyways we're not here to talk about that that should be in the internet intercourse section should that be a podcast i ever listened to which i have not yet we're here what we are here jesus christ uh professionals in the podcasting field would perhaps restart their openings but i am not so will not this show is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed so it doesn't sit in the dusty attic of my brain and slowly, or apparently not so slowly, drive me insane. I will push some buttons that will start segments in which I discuss this media, media you may not have consumed yourself, so I warn of that possibility as I could spoil things for you. Pushing button now. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Alvin Schwartz Bridal. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, Going to fall into the category of movies that... Uh, it's, it's actually in a few now that I think about it. Movies, you know, from the past that uh, are, are sort of just in the zeitgeist that people know of. That uh, probably uh, most people who have seen it back in the day when it came out in 1962, uh, are, feel that it's a movie that everyone should see, I imagine. It's just sort of there, this movie. Uh, and, and it's also a movie that falls under the category of, uh, I watched it and then got some probably too large percent into the movie, uh, realizing that I think I had seen it before, <laughs> despite it being three hours and 48 minutes long. Uh, every once in a while, and this usually is on a Sunday, I feel like. Uh, I'll, I'll just be in a mood for like a really long movie. And uh, uh, this certainly fits that bill. Uh, the story of T.E. Lawrence, the English officer who successfully united and led the diverse, often warring Arab tribes during World War I in order to fight the Turks, is what the story is about. It, of course... Stars Peter O'Toole, Alec Guinness, a lot of uh, big names from back in the day appear in this. Uh, it, it's a fine film, rating-wise. Uh, man, this is a tough one, because it's like one of those movies that, uh, you know, probably won a bunch of awards. It's been around since the 60s. 
uh, and people are still watching it and talking about it in the zeitgeist, as I mentioned. Uh, that being said, it, it does have that sort of pace of older films, which uh, is sometimes slow and uh, sometimes plodding and sometimes not as exciting as the modern viewer is used to. So maybe take out some marks from that, question mark? I don't know. Hmm. Let's go four-ish. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere in the four-ish. It'll, it'll, it'll vary depending on your age and uh, uh, your, your ability to watch and appreciate older films. Huh? How about that? Moving on to movie the second, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark from 2019. Based, not really, uh, uh, on the uh, uh, books of the same name. There were scary stories to tell in the dark. There was more scary stories to tell in the dark. I think there may have been others. I don't know. Uh, I do remember these books as a child. They were in our school library when I was in grade school. So whatever grade that is, four, five, six, somewhere in that uh, neighborhood. And I'm pretty sure somehow, some way, I did uh, steal one of these books. Like I, I remember having it like in my home uh, with a little card in the back from the library and just like always having that, like post-graduation um, having that. So hopefully no one from uh, the school that I went to as a child is listening to this who works in the library there because I'll be in big, big trouble. The fines are probably crazy by now. Um, the, the, the images in those, eh? Whew. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, uh, I recommend checking out uh, these books. They are collections of short, creepy stories. Um, the creep factor varies wildly, but what does not vary wildly in terms of creepiness is the images the illustrator of these uh, seemingly made-for-children kind of, sort of, books. Uh, it's just, just, just horrifying to behold. Uh, nightmare fuel, for sure. Uh, this movie, on the other hand... Less so. Uh, it takes some of the stories of the books and writes a sort of... Some of the short stories of the books and sort of jams them into this thing so that they make sense in an, a shared universe, I guess. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. It doesn't do a great job, I feel like, but uh, this is also a hard task to take seemingly uh, very disparate stories and having them make sense in the same universe uh, I, I suppose they do an okay job let me read the imda uh, on Halloween 1968 recluses Stella and her two friends meet a mysterious drifter Ramon and uncover a sinister notebook of stories what kind of stories well you guessed it scary ones uh, yeah, it, it's not really that scary. Um, Rating-wise, I'll go like a 2.2. Yeah, not, not scary and not really interesting and just sort of blah. Yeah, what you gonna do? Okay, moving on to my favorite of the three films of this particular uh, movie monologue, Booksmart from 2019. Uh, on the eve of their high school graduation to academic superstars and best friends realized they should have worked less and played more which hey, i like that realization right there uh determined not to fall short of their peers the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night and boy howdy do they ever to some degree there's there's sex drugs and rock and roll basically um 
this is a really really good movie it's um and and i watched this with the missus and she pointed this out which i i think is probably fairly obvious to anyone watching very reminiscent of super bad uh a lot of things pulled not pulled from but a lot of similarities you will see up to and including a, a crazy uh, a, a character uh, not a McLovin necessarily just a, just, just just a crazy character uh, and it's it's more um, it's from the female point of view of course um, you got some big names in this too uh, you got uh, Jason Sudeikis Lisa Kudrow Will Forte just to name a few and then all the the kids uh, rating wise easy easy for me to give 5 out of 5 multiple multiple laugh out loud moments uh, some tears as well I will say like um, there was one point and I don't know why I think it was maybe because I was tired and had drank a bottle of wine as you do from time to time uh, there was a point where uh, one of the main characters Amy slapped Molly in the face uh, and, and did it because Molly was saying negative things about herself and I don't know something about that it was like oh my god it's, it's, it's she loves her so much that if she's going to say bad things about herself her best friend she's not going to allow that to happen and she's going to take violent action if necessary uh and it was it was kind of nice uh jessica williams played miss fine and boy was she <laughs> that was kind of funny she played like the art teacher who showed up at like the end of the graduation school party sort of thing that, that was an interesting little little tidbit there uh so overall of the movies lawrence of arabia scary stories of tell in the dark and book smart book smart for sure is the one you should watch yes yes television talk today's television talk sponsor is witcher bitcoins thank you for that sponsorship okay we're talking the witcher season one because that's all the seasons that are available from my perspective in the timescape uh the apparently uh season two has been greenlit at the very least i'm not sure if it's in the works yet but uh i'm happy that it is because the witcher season one was very very good i liked it a lot uh to the degree where uh and i don't do this for a lot of shows but i did it for this I'll sort of pick a, I don't know if I would necessarily say a Sunday show where like, uh, I'll, yeah, I guess I would. And, and I've done this with some other ones and, and I don't know what makes a good show, but, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a scenario, you listening to this and you tell me what shows work well in this scenario. So Sundays at about two o'clock in the afternoon is sort of like prime just sort of weekends winding down mellow out smoke a dube uh cook something for an early dinner i usually have like a dinner around freaking like three or four like crazy early uh and pick a show to watch while i'm just sort of in the most mellowest of mellow of the whole weekend just trying not to think about it to the next day uh and maybe that's why uh, I'm doing all these sort of super relaxing, just chill things. So what what shows fit well in that? Well, I'll tell you one that did. The Witcher. And I feel like shows that I put in this, let's just call it a time slot, 
uh, I always end up very much liking. I, I think maybe it's because it's sort of the mood I put myself in. Like, if I just watched this, uh, woke up on a Monday morning and watched this, would I like it as much as if I sort of got into this uh, TV-watching zone, this uber-relaxation uber uh, zone? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, does anyone else do this? Am I insane? Don't answer that. I know I am. Uh, okay, so uh, I think I'd give it a 5 out of 5 with the odd 4 out of 5-ish moment of too many characters. Um, occasionally, things would happen, and again, maybe it's the <laughs> smoking some dubs uh, while watching it, where uh, uh, things would happen with characters where I'd like, who the hell is that, what's going on, and wouldn't necessarily be able to pay 100% attention uh, to some of the political stuff. And, and if you listen to my talk of the books, which I read uh, some months ago, uh, uh, that was sort of my complaint of the books as well, where uh, uh, the political and the, and, and, the and the focus on characters that I had no idea who they were and didn't really care about them, there's a tinge of that. Less so in a TV show, obviously, because you can't really do that in a TV show, I feel like. Um, but it, it, it's still there to some degree, which, you know, sort of, sort of makes sense, as it was uh, there in the books. Um, the, 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 the ending of this series, uh, without giving too much away, it, it ends with uh, Geralt meaning Ciri. Uh, so that's where we're going to pick off, and, and I sort of like that. So everything was sort of the preamble, the, the, the setup, the sort of getting everyone in place. Uh, I'm curious how it's going to sort of intertwine with uh, The Witcher 3, with the with the games. Um, it, will it stray from that? Will it use those storylines? Will it, will it pick some of the side quests out? That would be kind of cool if it picked some of the side quests out of, uh, say, The Witcher 3 and, and brought it back to the show. That would be probably a smart idea. Uh, all in all, The Witcher... Th uh, I, I think I could say another sort of interesting thing is uh, if you listened to my Game of Thrones episode... I did uh, something that I'm sure others did as well with Game of Thrones, which is waited for the final episode to air and then started watching them from the beginning. Like, uh, and managed to avoid spoilers, actually, other than knowing the Red Wedding is a bad thing. <laughs> bad things happen during the Red Wedding. That's, that's about the only spoiler I sort of had. Uh, anyways, uh, so my connection to that was less, I feel like, than it was to this. That being said... There was, there was moments of The Witcher where I sort of compared it to Game of Thrones, which is, I think, a fair comparison, where I, I sort of thought uh, the production, the acting, the special effects, just, just a lot of things of that nature were better in Game of Thrones. But the 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 my sort of interest my 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 entertainment yeah yeah let's put it that way my entertainment was more in the witcher than it was in game of thrones which i i think is sort of fascinating just from a a pure uh, uh sitting down dumb fun in, in that uh, space i mentioned before entertainment was has been higher with the witcher like i it's sort of sort of fascinating to think of it that way, I feel like. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Is anyone listening to this? I don't know. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? But banter. 
Today's book banter sponsor is Demon Cruise Lines. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, if you've been following along, we're on Demonata number seven by Darren Shan. The title of this book is called Death's Shadow. Ooh, that's pretty exciting sounding, but uh, it was okay. Rating wise, three ish. Yeah, it's fine. Um, if you listen to my last talk of Demon Apocalypse and how much I enjoyed that book, uh, I think I made the prediction that with this going back to the sort of normal world and apocalypse not happening, uh, I was a little worried that maybe it was going to get boring, and maybe that sort of tinged my perception of this a little bit. I don't know. Regardless, I decided that uh, this is going to be the last book I read of this series. I believe there's... There's definitely more. I, I think it goes up to 10 maybe or, or more. Maybe they're still coming as well. Uh, I, I kind of wish, to be honest, that I stopped with Demon Apocalypse and just sort of uh, considered that the end of this story uh, because this one didn't really add much. Uh, it was just, uh, it involved, it was from the perspective of Beck, uh, which was, you know, she's an interesting character because she's from, I don't know, like uh, the Middle Ages, Celtic times, somewhere in there where actual demons roam the earth, apparently, which is interesting. I don't remember that from my history books. Uh, and she's in sort of been transported to modern day through, you know, magic and such, demons and such. Uh, so we sort of see her adjustment to that. You know, there's some interest there. There's some fighting with demons. There's a, uh, uh, we sort of find what the ultimate evil is, which has potential but uh i also feel like might get wasted um the ultimate evil uh, at the end of this book the the sort of last sentence last word even of this book where we find what the quote-unquote shadow that we're trying to figure out what the ultimate evil behind all the demons coming and fighting and wars and such is death itself <laughs> which is in the title actually now that i think about it so that's sort of interesting uh, how are they going to defeat death? And then there's always that, and I think this is maybe a D&D thing. What am I remembering this from? I think maybe I used this in a campaign uh, for something, where if you beat death, or maybe it's from Discworld, I don't know. Uh, if you defeat death, then deaths no longer happen, and then people can't die, which, you know, sounds amazing at first, but then, you know, uh, say they're, they're, they fall off a, a, a building and are all mangled and then they can't die? Well, that's not going to be fun for them. Uh, and then maybe there's, like, zombies. There was actually zombies in this, now that I think about it. Anyways, um, uh, I've moved on to another book. Uh, I haven't really dipped my toe into it, but, uh, you know, let's do this. Demonada, the series as a whole, uh, solid three, uh, some of the books, fours and fives, I really enjoyed, but, uh, overall, you know, it's an interesting series. Thank you, Darren Chan, for it. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Milk. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, item the first, Dangerously Funny, which is a YouTube channel that I've been watching lately. Uh, if you listen to my last episode where I spoke of my Stardew Valley addiction, 
part of that addiction comes with watching uh, various, you know, tips and tricks videos on YouTube. Uh, if you do so for Stardew Valley, you are going to come across the channel Dangerously Funny. And he's just got uh, a, a sort of, he reminds me a little bit, and this is sort of a strange uh, comparison, I think, uh, G. Faust on Twitch, who plays the game Escape from Tarkov and has done so for a very, very long time. And I've spoken a very, very highly on this podcast many times and because uh, he uh, basically every single night... Uh, as long as he's online, which he usually is, he uh, plays Escape, the uh, video game called Escape from Tarkov, uh, and he streams it to Twitch. So before I go to bed, I usually watch him for, you know, 5-10 minutes, because he's just got sort of a very calming voice. Uh, the game is, <laughs> that's funny because that game, Escape from Tarkov, it's like a, a very intense uh, uh, shooting game where, you know, it's a first-person shooter. But uh, it's also got a lot of inventory management and collection, and, and his sort of manner and voice is very calming. Uh, and likewise, is this dangerously funny guy. He, he's got a sort of a, a, a pleasing, calm voice. Uh, I, I don't know if he's got a bit of a, a, a lisp or a high pitch. It's, it's sort of a high pitch. It's an interesting voice. Like, it's it, it's almost a funny voice. And you know what? He is funny as well. Um like, uh, sometimes it's almost like he's not even trying to be funny, but he'll just throw out this odd little jab, this little, like, peek at a dark sense of humor that I think he might have, uh, that, uh, that I very much appreciate. Uh, so, so I watch a lot of his videos, and then I saw he had a playlist where he's playing Stardew Valley and trying to get 100% completion. So I've been working my way through those. Uh, I keep meaning to check to see if he did it. There's, like, 70 videos. I think I'm 20 in. Uh, and he's definitely doing much quicker than when I played um, the first time uh, in terms of completion, which I, uh, on that note, I know this isn't Game Gabin, but we didn't have one this week, so maybe I'll throw it in here. I think finally, finally, I'm sort of reaching the point where my addiction is fading. I, I, I did mention I felt it coming. Um, but, but like I have all the best weapons, uh, I, I have like a really good ring. I, I there's, there's still things I want to do and still things I have to do. Like, I think I might get my movie theater going today. Like I'm in the end game content. Um, so, so when that so, sort of starts to happen, I feel like oh, hopefully I'll get winding down and I won't have this addiction anymore is the thought, but then maybe I'll want to start a new farm. Maybe I'll like wait a year and do that. Anyways, uh, dangerously funny, uh, check him out in general. He plays other games as well, but it's the Stardew stuff that's, uh, because of my addiction I've been interested in. Uh, all right, moving on to Monarch's Factory. Oh, interesting yes uh so uh this is a girl in australia who does various uh, videos but the ones i am interested in are the ones that focus on dnd aka dungeons and dragons uh yeah so this was from oh sh uh, nerdarchy they did a uh, video about uh, was it top 10 uh, it was something like that or it was just a list of YouTube channels that they enjoy that focus on D&D because they are a D&D channel. Uh, and I think w without exception, uh, I had heard of all of the other ones they mentioned 
uh, and even subscribed to uh, quite a few of them, with the exception of this, Monarch's Factory, which I, I'd never heard of her, but uh, uh, they sort of threw out a ringing endorsement, so, as will happen when something like that happens, I will go, go over to the channel and then throw a bunch of videos, like, you know, five to ten videos on my weekly playlist, um, which actually, on that note, I don't think I've ever plugged this before. Um, not that it really is something that needs plugging, but it's just sort of an interesting thing. And it fits well in this internet intercourse. If you go to YouTube and type in Ye old Playlists, uh, you will see a, a, a playlist a week. And those are all the YouTube videos that I watch over the course of the week. So, you know, there you go. Uh, the thumbnail is a old school television. It's that one, if there's more than one, which there might be. Anyways, uh, so what I'll do is uh, add, you know, 510 of the uh, videos, which I did for uh, this girl, and then watch them. And if I end up liking those 510 videos, I will subscribe. And that's how I add new subscriptions. Very methodical. And I will say, after watching 510 of her videos, uh, I have subscribed because uh, they were uh, really, really well done. And uh, she has uh, some cool perspectives. And you could tell, I feel like... Uh, and I've mentioned this before, I don't feel like I'm good at many things, <laughs> just sort of period, full stop. Uh, one of the very few things I feel like I am good at is D&D, &D. Uh, and, and part of that is being able to watch someone talk of D&D, uh, &D, like uh, uh, Monarch's Factory, and sort of see that she has really cool ideas, uh, knows what she's talking about, comes at things from uh, some different perspectives, which I like to explore, and uh, just in general is good at D&D &D as well. <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, uh, uh, she will probably come up again in future internet intercourses, I hope and believe. Check her out. Uh, moving on to Kurskagat, which is always hard to say. Kurskagat, uh, did a uh, video on milk, which is sort of interesting. As a milk drinker, which, you know, some people are grossed out, I realize, by the fact that uh, uh, adult men, you know, 39, oh, almost 40, turning 40 soon. Oh, no, wait, turning 39 soon? Uh, born in 1981? Someone do the math on that? Anyways, an old man drinking milk is sort of a gross thing to picture, and even I will sort of admit that, but I do like it. And uh, he... he, he uh, spoke of, you know, some of the good and bad of drinking milk and, and some of the fallacies of it. One thing he did mention in particular is that uh, apparently it's like fact. <laughs> like uh, he, he didn't say it like it was a question that skim milk uh, gives acne. And as someone who drinks skim milk and has acne, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, why have I been drinking fucking skim milk? So uh, a very helpful video in that regards. And that's why I bring it back here, because maybe others didn't realize that fact, like myself. So uh, hopefully, and, and, you know, like, uh, come on, this old and still getting acne from time to time? I, mean, I don't have it all the time, but, you know, I get the odd one. You had one of those things that shall rename Mainless. Rename Mainless? Oh my god. I'm fading fast. We better get to these final items here. Uh, uh, next item in Internet Intercourse is Test Show number 142 with Jen Kirkman. Yes. Uh, test Show with host Andy Kindler and uh, J. Elvis Weinstein is an amazing podcast. I love it. It's just, uh, for the most part, it's two dudes sitting around shooting the shit. Uh, comedians, very, very funny, uh, 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 neurotic 
to some degree, especially Andy, <laughs> uh, and just individuals who seemingly uh, uh, share a lot in common with, uh, up to and including a sense of humor. So, you know, that's really all I need in a podcast is, is, is that sort of circumstance. Uh, individuals that I share a sense of humor with, and they talk about a thing. Or talk about a nothing. Uh, sometimes happens. And that's what the podcast is. Every once in a while, very rarely, in fact, they will have a guest. Uh, apparently, uh, listeners, and, and this is a complaint I've heard twice this week uh, from separate, one was uh, from Funhouse, Dude Soup, and now this, how uh, uh, shows, podcasts, web series, when they normally don't have guests and have a guest, people sometimes will complain of that fact. Um, excuse me, regular listeners will say, come on, we we don't like it when you have a guest. It throws everything off. Blah, blah, blah. I, I'm like the opposite. I, I, I like a guest coming on just to sort of mix things up a bit. Uh, uh, I, I don't think things necessarily can get stale without one, but throwing in a different perspective, uh, uh, I feel like, is, is that ever a bad thing in any situation? Getting a different perspective? Hmm. Probably is. Uh, you could probably come up with some edge cases, but, uh, but in this case, it was not. As the guest was Jen Kirkman. Uh, so... Uh, like I've, I've heard her on Never Not Funny I've heard her on lots of podcasts She used to do At Midnight uh, I've watched her stand-up specials She has never disappointed uh, In anything that I have watched her in Just sort of period, full stop uh, And this, very much included Yeah, uh, she was incredible on the show S- uh, Seamlessly uh, slipped right in As if she was a co-host it felt like uh, one thing in particular that I, I liked, and maybe that's why I felt this way, is the fact that she has obviously been a listener to the show. Um, even said that she sort of went back to the beginning, listened to all of them from the beginning, which is a pretty impressive feat. Uh, and uh, I think maybe like asked to be on the show after doing that. So uh, her enthusiasm came through, I think. And uh, if she was on every week, I would not complain. So I bring it back here and talk about it. Oh, what's this we have here? Cleanup conversation sponsor is Vasquez Rocks. Thank you for that sponsorship in which we are cleaning up the conversation of Picard Season 1, Episode 2. Yes, as predicted, I do believe, last episode. Uh, probably, for the most part, maybe not every episode, we'll bring back a uh, Picard once I've watched it uh, uh, to talk about it because that's fun to do. And I like doing it for Star Trek stuff because that is probably my number one fandom uh, that's up there, Fallout's up there, Zelda's up there, you know, probably Star Trek though, number one. Uh, uh, so, so this is fascinating to see, uh, up to and including the fact that, uh, the, 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 no, this is not a spoiler, uh, I have a feeling like, uh, Picard for the next couple of episodes is going to be him sort of getting the, getting the, the, the group together, the, the, the classic, like, Ocean's Eleven uh, uh, going around and, and, and getting the, the everyone together for the heist. What do they call it? Like building the team. 
that sort of thing, which I always love in just anything. <laughs> like, it's very tropey, and I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's sort of like that. The end of that episode was him, I think, getting the first member of his new squad. Uh, and it w- took place uh, in the middle of the desert at what was, I do know for a fact is a a place called Vasquez Rock which has appeared in a lot of Star Trek up to and including when Captain Kirk fought the Gorn that's when uh, it it first was it's one of my favorite uh, uh, original series episodes Uh, you've also got lots of other things took place at this rock it's a very distinct looking rock it's it's of the rocks on the planet it's probably one I would most like to go visit just because that would be cool uh, there was, you know, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? I think Bogus Journey. Uh, was there... Lo- lots of things take there, take place there. I, I think because it's, you know, uh, Hollywood adjacent, it's not too far out of the city, I guess. It's, it's somewhere in there. Uh, but we're not here to talk about a, a rock that takes place, the, the, that uh, appears in a lot of Star Trek stuff. No, no, no. We're here to talk about Picard Season 1, Episode 2, where we're sort of... Uh, I was... Uh, I was a little worried of the first episode, and, and I did mention that uh, there were so many questions that I worried that things weren't going to get answered, and even this next episode, one episode after my worry, uh, things are starting to fall into place a little bit. Uh, it seems like a combination of these sort of three things is what I'm picturing. Uh, Bruce Maddox, his... Um, Affinity for artificial intelligence. Um, I forget what the name is. Uh, it, like the, the uber secret version of the Telshiar. Uh, I forget what he calls it. So it's like the Telshiar is like the, you know, uh, the, the, the secret agency of the Romulan Empire. And apparently, uh, and I don't know why they didn't just use the Telshiar, but they created like a, an, a super secret branch of the secret branch, it almost feels like. Um, that nobody's ever heard of. Maybe that's why. They didn't want to stick with something people knew of. Uh, they wanted to create something special just for this, so they didn't have to pay attention to lore and such. Yeah, like, that, that sort of makes sense. Um, that, uh, and uh, what was the third thing? Have I said three things? <laughs> so we got Bruce Maddox, uh, Telshiar, um, Borg, uh, um artificial intelligence people yeah it's all sort of interesting things and i'm wondering how they're going to come together i feel like it's gonna somehow be okay let's let's do predictions yeah 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 this this will be fun okay so predictions for picard season one um borg are going to be unborgified which happens look at seven and nine and uh they can't find uh, a way to do that for everyone so they put some of them in artificial intelligence bodies uh okay 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 interesting um but they don't want people to know who are uh real and who are artificial because they fear they'll be treated differently but then these uh, Romulan people are, for some reason, very, very much against this whole technology. And in fact, some some cool lore they threw out uh, in this episode was that Romulans in general fear artificial intelligence, and like all their computers are sort of very, very simple ones, which is sort of interesting. Uh, I, I, I wonder if that can be disproven in past things. I, I, I can't think of an example. 
so it feels it, it has it has the air of plausibility anyways um so uh picard's gonna get this uh uh team together in order to find out uh the artificial intelligence uh girl uh vash's twin vash bosh <laughs> that's that's something else uh, so that he can uh, help in the uh, unborgifying, but the Romulans who are using the Borg cube for resources and experimentation don't want to do this because then they won't have it. Ooh, okay. So the, that's just some crazy stuff I'm throwing out off the top of my head. Who knows what's going to happen? We're two episodes in. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what. Maybe I'll come back, and if any of this stuff made sense. I'll uh, pluck it out and put it in a future episode when season one's done. How about that for a dumb idea that I probably won't do? Mm, terrific. Terrific. Borgerific. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so we sort of fell apart at the end there, but that'll happen when you're 36 minutes into a podcast. Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper